and people kept saying I couldn't do it and that just like kept making me angrier and mm. our I remember our counselor actually or not it might have been our counselor Mr. Slovic or Mr. Uh, Mr. Novik they were good friends and stuff so they joked and laughed and said you know he's gonna be unemployed who's safe and the class just went crazy I was like all right like I need to put a nail in this and you know what like I, I feel like I've done pretty good for myself I would say like every time we joked about you being unemployed it was like I just had a jest but I when you when you like shared a picture of you with Justin Trudeau like that was like holy shit this man's going places Hey there, welcome to PhilCon, a brand new podcast hosted by yours truly, Kasim Wani, where I get to have candid conversations with my peers and colleagues about failure and what we can learn from setbacks in our own lives. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Josef Kayser, an old high school friend of mine, and learn more about his journey navigating the world of politics and what it means to be successful. Josef is a senior at Carleton University in Canada and is the president of the Ontario Youth Wing Liberal Party. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to follow and rate us on Spotify. This whole podcast is about stuff you can learn from challenging life experiences. I do want to explore your political career. You, you're you like one of the few people who is living a very different life from most of my peers who are just engineers. And I, I just want to like get a glimpse of the, the highs and lows of being involved in politics and, and what that's like. Well, I'll start off with the biggest low was when I was trying to get into it. And you probably remember this very well in grade 11 and 12 when I said, Wait, can I guess? Go for it, go for it, yeah. Is it how we all mocked you when you said you wanted to be a political scientist? (laughs) So I had said I wanted to go into political science and work in politics. And the common joke was in grade 11 and 12, even teachers started making this joke at the time, was Kuzave's going to be unemployed. And people would look at me and they would be like, so you're doing political science. What the heck are you going to be? A political scientist? <laughs> and every person would laugh at me. And I'd just be there like, hmm, all right, we'll see. Funnily enough, now I'm one of the few people from our like graduating class that has a job in their field. And now <laughs> all those people that laughed at me. Don't have jobs? Don't have jobs. <laughs> Jesus and, and come to me for advice and are like you you used to laugh at me and now you come to me for legal advice all the time and they're like, like am I gonna get in trouble with this thing and that thing I I, I definitely apologize for all the banter we created. I loved it because it was joking it like yeah. I loved it in the sense also because it motivated me to prove a lot of people wrong mm-hmm. so that was where my look into politics began um, I've been working in politics since 2019 now, on and off, uh, fully came back on late 2020. And um, ever since I've been into it, but uh, the lows of this job is that it's not a regular nine to five. Sometimes my day will start at 6am. And most times it doesn't end at five. Um, 
it's funny because yesterday uh, it was 5.20 p.m. and I wanted to go get a haircut before my barber closed. So I looked at my boss and I said, uh, can I go, can I leave early today? And he's like, yeah, you don't need to ask me. And I'm like, I was just trying to be polite. And then it hit me. It was 5.20 p.m. Usually people are like, I'm fucking leaving. You can do whatever you want. I'm gone out of here. And I'm asking if I can leave at 5.20. That's because my days usually end at the earliest at 6 p.m. Or uh, they will go on to like 9 p.m. Like it's it's very common for me to get home and still be doing calls from work, uh, emails, briefings. Like that's just a day of life. Um, politics is a field where you as an engineer, you know, you can have a life outside of engineering, but politics really becomes your life. And then mm-hmm. the thing about politics is one little mistake can end your career because it's about perception. So who you could piss off, not even like something like that's horrible, but just you pissed off the wrong person and now your career is done. That can happen. Um, so you have to be really careful with how you present yourself, how you carry yourself. Well, what made you like decide um, that this would be like the thing you were interested in? Was it something that like you developed over time, uh, maybe through high school or college? Or was this like something you always wanted to do as a kid? It wasn't something I always wanted to do as a kid. I, I wanted to be a doctor. Really? For a very long time, yeah, I wanted to be a doctor. And then I realized that it takes way too freaking long to become a doctor. And I'm not good at science. You remember my math skills. I probably would have killed someone with those math skills. Um, I made a miscalculation or something. I was horrible at math. Uh, do you remember when I got an A in my calculus class? Yeah, and like the whole was- class like celebrated because <laughs> that has never happened before. <laughs> I am terrible at math. Like I Yeah, say, it was like the black swan event for our class. <laughs> like I would say like I am generally a smart guy, but with math, like I'm terrible. Yeah, so I got into like journalism and then I quickly realized I'm like, okay, to become a good journalist, like it's not really a career that you can have. And I'm like, I can do other things and then always come back to journalism. Um, so then I realized like I wanted to help people in politics and stuff. So this was in grade 11. Uh, do you remember like Stuco when we had like yeah. and stuff? Yeah. I did compassion summit. So I got really involved with like be- helping people and like being there for people and organizing. And then at that time, like I also became the, uh, captain of the soccer team, which you were on. too. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a disastrous run. I think we won like one game wait i don't think we even won we just tied one game and lost like every other game yeah it wasn't it was a disastrous run Uh, it clearly was a disastrous team because i was the captain and for anyone who wants context i was a terrible soccer player terrible like we were doing drills where we had to do ball control so they would So they would throw the ball up in the air and you had to like control it and stabilize it. And I remember my leg went right over the ball and I slipped. (laughs) Our team was so bad that uh, we had a classmate named Jericho um, and he was on the soccer team as well. And Ibrahim and uh, uh, Imran, Imran was on the team. And Jericho and Imran and I were playing as forwards and this was in a tournament. 
in Daman that we went to and flew to. Yeah. It, that was one of the funnest like tournaments we've been to because we like flew there and everything. And I remember Jericho put, I passed the ball to Jericho. I'm running up the sidelines and I pass it to Jericho. Jericho passes it back to me and pass it back to Jericho. So it was like a one, two, one, two. And as I pass it to him, we just have one defender left and we're like, all right, we're going to be screwed. Here's the funny part. Jericho put the ball through the defender's feet and I just go, <laughs> you magged him. And Jericho gets lit too. And Emron's like running after the ball. <laughs> And we were celebrating like that was so sick, and the game's still going on, so we're still doing that. So the game's still going on. We're like so happy. We're like, wow, like you did this, bro. Like, and Imran has like five fielders on him, <laughs> and the ball got taken back, and they went and scored the goal. But the entire time we were talking about like how he put the ball through the beam. <laughs> That's what happens when you optimize for the wrong objective. <laughs> It was the funniest thing ever. But like, you know what? Like that that built character was like mm. losing. Like you had mentioned yeah. before, is we hear about people's successes, but we don't hear about people's failures. Yeah. What makes a person, I believe, in my opinion, is their failures. Like fail. Yeah. You need to fail in order to succeed. And how people succeed is learning through your failures. If you don't learn through your failures, then you're never gonna succeed. That failure, like it built character because I had to. Uh, take a team and you know build morality and I also had to get respect too because everyone knew I was a I was a crap player like terrible probably the worst on that team somehow I became a captain because I just convinced everyone to vote for me and our friend Ibrahim at the time was livid because he is a much better soccer player than I am great soccer player was that like actually I can do well in politics because all I gotta do is convince people (laughs) you know what that was the start of it and then compassion summit came along and i'm like okay like this could actually do something and then eventually i was like one thing led to another i applied to the political science program here and people kept saying i couldn't do it and that just like kept making me angrier and our i remember our counselor actually or not it might have been our counselor mr slovic or mr uh mr novik they were good friends and stuff. So they joked and laughed and said, you know, he's going to be unemployed. Who's safe? And the class just went crazy. And I was like, all right, like, I need to put a nail in this. And you know what? Like, I, I feel like I've done pretty good for myself, I would say. Like every time we joked about you being unemployed, it was like, I just had a jest. But I, when you, when you like shared a picture of you with Justin Trudeau, like that was like, holy shit, this man's going places. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely want us to like have a quick like digression on that and just like your experiences talking to the prime minister and like how that went through. Yeah, so I work for the Liberal Party of Canada uh, um, or for a Liberal member of parliament. So when I started working in politics, I was a volunteer. I was working like eight hours a week uh, for no pay. Uh, mm-hmm. And what turned my career was like, when you step up to the plate, that's when you come up. So then I was in my office. I was brand new. Like I had only been working there as a volunteer for a week. And this was a member of parliament's office, uh, which is a, the U.S. equivalent would be like a congressman, I believe. Mm, okay. Uh, so uh, he, and he was out of action. So he had just gone a shoulder replacement surgery. So he wasn't in the office 
But the New Zealand incident, I don't know if you remember the shooting that happened in the New Zealand Christian yeah. happened. Yeah. And it happened, and you know, in politics we have to react to events. So I'm just this newbie sitting, and the two people there in in the room at the time were like discussing because they're like the boss is gone, like we have to do something. And we have a pretty big Muslim community in in that riding. So they were like, okay, like we have to act. Um, and so they're like thinking, and I'm a Muslim person, so I was like, okay, like maybe this is. I just spoke up. I was like, if you guys don't mind, like, I think I just barely got out the words because I was so nervous. And I was like, thinking of not saying it. I was like, can I like offer a suggestion? And it was Juma that day, which is Friday prayer. Uh, yeah. which is like for Muslims, it's like the equivalent of like Sunday church service. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it's Friday prayer. Like Friday prayer hasn't happened yet. What if like we prepared a statement and went uh, to Friday prayer at the mosque and gave a statement and showed solidarity with the Muslim community there. And the manager at the time looked at me and was like, that's a great idea. Do you want to draft the statement? And I was like, sure. Like, I had no clue in politics, right? Like, I had just started off. I was barely learning how to do. You were like 18, right, at the time? So I was just starting off and... He was like, do it. I'm like, and I wrote this statement and he's like, it's a good statement. Just change this wording and this wording. And I was like, great. And he's like, let's post this on our Facebook too. So he posted on the congressman's Facebook and all like social media channels. I'm like, one of us should go to the mosque because the, uh, like the MP couldn't. And I'm like, you as the manager should go. Oh, I'm here on behalf of like MP, uh, Andrew Leslie was his name. And, uh, I would like to give the statement. And he said, that's a great idea. Let's go. And he's like, but I've never been to a mosque. And I had class that day. And I was like, you know what? Like, this might be better. And I just went, I can come with you. And he goes, all right, I'll meet you. Let's go downstairs, get into my car. So I'm this like new intern. I get in the car with him and uh, we just go give the statement. And I'm like taking pictures of him. And uh, we come back and he's like, that went well. And then we're standing at the back, like to show solidarity or if anyone wanted to talk and everyone's like coming and like shaking our hands. And I'm just this like stupid volunteer there, like shaking their hand back. And the person that shook my hand was my dad. <laughs> my dad looks at me and my little brother, you know, Mohit, Mohit like, right yeah. like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, it's a long story. And when I explained it, like, my parents were so confused why I was at the back of the mosque. So that's what really, like, gave me my start ever since, like, they were, like, very impressed. They're like, wow, you spoke up. Um, and then I worked with them through a program called Summer Leadership Program. And that's how I uh, interacted with the prime minister and met him at a party. Um, and I've met him a bunch of times now through, like, rallies and stuff. And so they were, like... Um, yeah, I interned with them up until the end of August and the start of first semester. Uh, but an election was coming up. And this is, I guess, if you want to hear about my failure side of things, since this is what the podcast focuses on, so I'll shift my uh, focus a little there, is uh, I was hoping to be rehired as part-time after the internship was done. But since the MP was not running again for office and the election was far away, they couldn't rehire me. So I was left on a limb. Um, so right after my internship finished, I had no offers, no job, whatever. And I was like, crap, like I'm out of politics now. And politics is a very much a bubble. Like if you're spit out, 
mm. it's very hard to get back in. So then I was like trying to do things and whatever, um, and like trying to get my way. And I reached out to this, like, I was looking for jobs and it said like fundraising for uh, Amnesty International. And I'm like, oh, like this is sort of in my field. Like you have to build little steps to get back in. I'm like, right. good experience. So I, I went and I got the like, and I was at the interview and they're like, we're so excited. Like, even if you want to, you can become manager here. And I, I went to my mom after I'm like, Amnesty International wants me as a manager. And so I start working in the first day. We're on the street with an iPad asking people if they can donate. So it was a street fundraiser job, but I thought it was completely different. <laughs> and, and it was this company that they had just like a third party company they had hired to raise donations. And you have to meet like a quota for uh -huh. donations. And that's how you get paid. It's like very commission based. So now I'm standing in the same place where I used to walk up to downtown to go to my office. Now I'm standing outside of those office asking the like people that used to be my colleagues, be like, can you please donate? Can you please donate with an iPad? And you stand there on your feet for eight hours talking to people, trying to convince people to donate a certain amount. And every day I hated it. I hated that job because I was like, I should be in those offices and not outside. Yeah. Like, it was like so demeaning because I would see my colleagues that I worked with for like all summer. And now they're going into those offices, but I'm outside begging for their money. Like I felt like a beggar essentially. Mm. Um, and I did it for a month. And then one day I was like, I can't take it. And I had like a breakdown in the middle of my shift. And I was like, I quit. And I quit right in the middle of my sh and, uh, shift. And I'm one to not quit. And so here I was without a job, like even Starbucks would hire me. I'm like, what the heck? Why Starbucks not hire me? They're like, you have no retail experience. And I'm like, but I have government experience. They're like, no, sorry, we can't. I'm like, whatever. Um, so then I worked with the uh, United Nations Association of Canada in a volunteer position again, uh, being a director of communications for one of their model UN conferences. And I did that up until March and I kept trying to apply into politics and nothing was sticking. And then the pandemic hit, uh, mm -hmm. but it was a really good experience through uh, that. And then I worked with some nonprofits like on and off. Like it was never in my field, very administrative work. And I kept trying again and again. Then when the pandemic hit, I got this internship with Canadian Global Affairs Institute. And that was a good job. It was like a research assistant job. So I helped them like do research and whatever. And they're a think tank. So I worked with them think tanks for about October and I was working 30 hours and I had two jobs when I started my uh, third year. So mm -hmm. I started with two jobs that I was working, one with School of Public Policy as an administrative assistant and another one with the think tank still. While you're and still was, a full-time student. Yeah, I was and I was like, I need to get back into politics. So I'd always have my eyes open, but politics had shut me out for like more than a year now and mm -hmm. i thought i would never get back and then i saw facebook like posting of a friend was like we're looking for someone to hire and i'm mm -hmm. like interesting and so i reached out to her and she's like we're hiring for this position that i'm in still and she said we will be doing hiring for about 30 uh 30 hours and it's a part-time position and i was already working 30 hours and i'm like crap how am i gonna do this and i just said yes so we went through the interview and surprisingly, I got the job. So I'm back in politics. And I held three jobs now, along with full-time school, up until for like three months. And it was brutal. Like, I was dying. But I still got 
that was the first semester I got on the Dean's Honor List, surprisingly. And uh, both my jobs went well. And then I quit the two jobs at the end of December and started focusing on this job because it's not 30 hours a week, even if they say something like usually like 40, 50 hours. That's just the nature yeah. of life. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Like, how do you, knowing that like every day is like a constant uphill battle with everything going on around you, what gave you mm -hmm. like the motivation to get up in the morning and repeat it all over again? Well, I think awesome. It's uh, when you have a goal, until you hit it, you're like, I have to do it. And I knew it was mm -hmm. achievable. And I felt like very old because like I'm talking about when I was like 18, 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are working at our lives, like in retail jobs. And I was like killing myself, like, no, I need a good job. So mm -hmm. I realized that part of it too. And I, it just stuck. I just, it's not giving up and pulling your head out. And I won't lie, there were days where I would cry and I thought I would never make it back. Mm -hmm. And uh, days where I just really wanted to give up. But it's the people that surround you are like, no, you can't give up. You have to keep going. Yeah. And then your yeah. own job too like you really have to have resiliency and surprisingly now it's worked out like that year of struggle i had where i was just bouncing from job to job part-time to part-time working unpaid hours now i'm in a position where i'm managing the parliamentary office and what's really funny is now i'm actually hiring people for that same internship that i did when i started in politics so it's like mm -hmm. a really full circle moment for me so it's just knowing that things will stick, but you have to be patient. Any like final words or advice for anyone listening? Probably my younger brother just listening to this. <laughs> I would say never give up. If you want something truly, do it because it's going to happen no matter what anyone tells you. When I started in politics, no one believed in me. No one besides myself, not even my parents but it's fighting through if you truly want something keep going at it and you know for me it was working in politics and when politics spit me out i realized you need to build on little steps to get to that mm -hmm. big of yours politics was my goal so i started working on skills that i could attain which would get me there so like research skills administrative skills organization skills communication skills like i did it all and I worked yeah. at these little gigs that would give me that experience and build my resume on it. And eventually it did stick, like it, it did work out. And that year, like really built my character. So recognize that you're not going to become who you are through your successes. You're going to become who you are through your failures, because that's what defines your successes. So when you're at a really down moment, at a failure point, realize it can't get worse than this. I, I will give you Kossum credit. Kossum is one of those people that has always been determined that I've met in my life since high school. Uh, Kossum will probably laugh at this, but in grade 11, when I first met him, he wanted to pursue becoming a professional soccer player. And Kossum would train for like 10 hours a day and kill himself in training. Like Kossum was in love with it. And then one day he just came in and he's like, I'm going to focus on this, like building robots and AI stuff. And I'm like, are you sure? And then he started coming together with like crazy projects that you were building. Like I remember you had your YouTube channel where you would put together insane like mechanisms and you did. Cosm's very much someone who's like, if I'm putting my mind something to it, I'm going to see it through. So be like Cosm. <laughs>
<laughs> Beautiful. Like the costume who eats and isn't sleep deprived and can grow a beard. Yeah, I, I unfortunately need to work on all three of them. <laughs> <laughs>